0: Welcome to another in our series of Kehillat Israel podcasts. This is a recording of Rabbi Amy Bernstein's weekly Friday morning Torah study.
1: We are in Parshat Vayakel this morning, and it is read this year with Parshat Piku Day. They are read together. Uh, It is only when we have a leap month that they are separated. Remember, because we add four Shabbats. Four Shabbatot to the year, so then we need four separate parsha parshiot for those um, Shabbatot. So uh, we read them. We read this together this year, and that means we begin at chapter 35, verse 1. You have page numbers behind me, thanks to our religious practices chair, uh, Bert uh, and So we'll begin at
2: 35:1. Moses then convoked the whole Israelite community and said to them. These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. On six days work may be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your settlements on the Sabbath day. Do you want to go on? Yeah. Moses said further to the whole community of Israelites, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take from among you gifts to the Lord. Everyone whose heart so moves him shall bring them. Gifts for the Lord. Gold, silver, and copper. Blue, purple, and crimson yarns. Fine linen and goat's hair. Tanned rams skins. Dolphin skins and acacia wood. Oil for lighting. Spices for the anointing oil. And for the aromatic, aromatic incense. Lapis lazuli and other stones for setting. For the ephod and the breast piece. And let all among you who are skilled come and make all that the Lord has commanded the tabernacle, its tent and its covering, its clasp and its planks, its bars, its posts, and its sockets, the ark and its poles, the cover and the curtain for the screen, the table and its poles and all its utensils, and the bread of display, the lampstead for lighting, its furnishings and its lamps, and the oil for lighting, the altar for incense and its poles, the anointing oil and the aromatic incense, and the entrance screen for the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of, birth, of burnt offering, its copper grating, its poles and all its furnishings, the lever and its stand, the hangings of the enclosure, its posts and its sockets, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs for the tabernacle, the pegs for the enclosure and the cords, the service vestments for officiating in the sanctuary, the sacral vestments of Aaron the priest, and the vestments of his sons for priestly service. All right. <laughs> anyway. We are getting a very, as we
1: remind ourselves each year, a very detailed list of exactly what is going to be required. Let's put ourselves in space and time as we begin this Torah portion. Moshe, Vayakel Moshe, et Adat Bnei Israel. So Moshe congregates the congregation. What has just happened before that? The, the golden
3: calf.
1: The golden calf. What happens after the golden calf? The tablets. the tablets. He's already smashed them. Calf. So he goes up. He gets the second set of tablets. According to tradition, what day is that that he comes down with that second set and gives it to the people? Traditionally, that is Yom Kippur. So he comes back with the second set. The covenant between God and the people of Israel is renewed after a pretty ugly incident of betrayal and apostasy, and so um, the the renewal of the covenant happens here. He brings down the tablets at the end of uh, last week, and he comes, right, to the people. Uh, I mean, he comes down with the tablets. His face, right, is glowing. He's radiant. He has to veil his face, and we're told that God speaks with Moshe now intimately from between the kruvim on the Haron, on the ark. And now Moshe's dealing with the people for the first time. So what's the first thing they're commanded after the whole messiness of the golden calf? This is the first time is speaking to them. Shabbat. Shabbat. Why that? That's the first thing. They've had this huge fight, God and Israel. God moved out for a while. And <laughs> now it's their first conversation after that, and the first thing is, six days you may work, and on the seventh it shall be a Shabbat of complete rest.
4: That's how important it is. The, is it? the punishment is death, And also
5: to calm you down. It's right. a way that we all find, if you observe it, it calms you down.
1: So calming down, tie that for me to why this is the first thing said after this huge they breach. And it brings you So back to what I hear you saying is that Shabbat is possibly a way to prevent another episode, right? That that if we take that day to not only calm down, but to be in relationship with to Christ. the holy, right. it might prevent another such episode. Mary?
5: It also divides the time between the working out of all kinds of negative things and a new
1: so we, we have to do a lot of stuff to fix this relationship and we'll do a lot of that tinkering and all of that for six days and then we need an opportunity to stop and say, okay, that that's over. And now we begin anew with Shabbat. It, it sounds
0: like a, another creation
1: story. Another creation story. Lovely. Creation. Shabbat is in memory of Breshit, right? Zecher l'ma'asei Breshit. the reminder of the doings of creation. So now... Maybe we're getting a whole new creation because it was all possibly obliterated,
2: right? Um, They they just had the golden calf. And Shabbat, this is about the holiness in time, not in things. So lest y'all get
1: so caught up in the business of things, I'm going to make sure that you stay in relationship to time as being like the organizing factor. Well,
5: um, maybe if it's, you say it's the creation thing, maybe it goes back to the god of vengeance, because it says you sh- shall have a Sabbath, and any whoever does work shall be put to death. It
1: is not the god of vengeance. Why would you say It's capital punishment. If one of the most important things is living on this time, and Shabbat is off limits for any kind of work, and that is the order of the king, Anyone who defies publicly the order of the king and therefore the rule of the king is put to death. It's treason. It's treason. So we we forget because we separate church and state. And we are very, very American this way. I just had an interesting conversation uh, in the I Engage series um, the last session. I was very humbled because I I tend to be... I try to be self-aware about being ethnocentric. We are all ethnocentric. We all of us think from our cultural perspective. I try to be very self-aware about that. Having studied anthropology, right, from my undergraduate degree and um, cultural anthropology, I'm shocked sometimes when I go, oh, I am truly American. And it was in this I engage thing talking about the separation of church and state and talking about if Israel, and this was me, I was like, if they could just figure that out. Like we did that like, over 200 years ago, like if they could get it together and figure that out, there wouldn't be so many flipping problems over there, right? And, and this panel of very progressive thinkers was saying, absolutely not. Why should there be separation of religion and, and politics in the Jewish state? What would that even mean to say that our Jewish values mm. don't dictate what we think should be happening in the Knesset? Of course it should, right? Everything we talk about here should be influencing how we make decisions about what should be happening in our court system, or who we should elect as a representative official, or what matter we should vote up or vote down. Why wouldn't we have our religion inform those choices? And it was like, oh, right. So, right, like, so the haughty American, like, who's, who's like, cause, and so I guess my point is. When we're studying these texts, we have to go there. We have to remember there was zero separation. The king was God. There is no king in these stories. They they get one later because they want one. But but there's no king. There's a prophet. Moshe doesn't have any power. Zero. Moshe speaks for the king. So for them, God is king. Going against God's rulings is treason. Treason. Not every act of going against God's orders is treason. But the ones that are treason are punished the same way we still punish traitors. Why? Why Why is it capital punishment that we use for treason?
4: It destroys the culture.
1: Treason is destructive
4: of the entire culture.
1: So treason is considered so dangerous mm-hmm. that it can influence other people in the society to mm-hmm. a point that is so dangerous and so threatening that we must have the. Or I'm not saying we must. I'm saying our thinking has been um, because we have it in place that that the punishment therefore must be the ultimate. That's how dangerous it is. Yeah, so rather than ask why is sh- why is this such a vengeful God who would punish them for Shabbat, we reverse the question. Why is Shabbat so important that breaking it was treasonous? right? That's the question to ask. And that's kind of what we've been exploring. It, but, but what we learn is, if we, if we see, and anyone who violates it shall be put to death, okay, it's treason. Why? What? what? What is so dangerous about breaking Shabbat publicly that it would need to be capital punishment, right? And that's where we have to do the work of trying to figure that out, because it's not going to tell us. Yes.
6: Well, part of it was—it's always a new moment to begin. Every spot is your new chance to start. But
1: all that sounds lovely. That's lovely. Why are you killed for it,
6: right? Because so, if you don't do it, you're just losing down the whole. Okay. If you don't that you're just—you have violence. You have all the bad things that were happening.
1: Okay. So then, an Israelite worldview would say, this business of stopping and taking a break and all of that is not just loveliness. It's not just a good idea; it is salvific for the entire society. It is what? Is that salvific, salvation? Salvation? yes. Like salvation? Yes. So it is right. It Salific. is salvific. Salvific. It is. It is not just a nice idea. It is the. It is so dangerous if it starts to spread that we don't do this. It is seen as understood as so dangerous. Capital punishment has to be the punishment for breaking it. So is that the
4: motive of the Hasidim and the Orthodox in Israel who throw stones at people? Yes, yes. For them,
1: Shabbat is foundational.
4: But they can they can be in charge of the murdering
1: themselves if, sure. personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most fanatics are.
6: Most yes. fanatics
1: feel very comfortable taking Alive. the religion into their own hands to say we will decide what the you know what's the ultimate.
2: Uh, absolutely. This is not just a Jewish issue; it exists in the Muslim world. The question of what is the relationship of Sharia, which is their traditional law, to what the laws of the state are, and I would say it exists in our country with respect to Christians. Yes. And with respect to our Supreme Court. Yes. Well, now it's eight justices have five people in Catholic faith. Still to be tested. No, but I mean, to what extent they or people in Congress have to be governed by their religious faith?
1: I just watched the documentary Political Animals about the four lesbian um, Congress people um, uh, in California. It was great. Um, And I was amazed watching the testimony of people who were voting against the bill to protect gay and lesbian students in schools, they stood up and they said time after time after time after time, my religion, my Bible, and my God tell me that I must vote against this bill, and I ask you to do the same. Over and over and over, and I thought, wow, so here is a clear statement by elected officials that they are voting on this issue based on Religion on religious ideology, but isn't it important
0: to put this in a historical context?
1: It well, you tell me, is it? And if so, tell me why.
0: Well, I think it's absolutely
1: okay. So, tell
0: context. me, context this is a um, for everything that's important from here, and, and if one even believes that this is the you know, word for word of the word of God, um, this is 3,000 years old, right? Um, and. I think that in this, even hundreds of years later, when Islam took this on and um, went with capital punishment, uh, I, I think that we can talk about how important Shabbat is and how important Shabbat was then. But the fact of the matter was that, like you said, it was the King's word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, somebody just got killed, you know, because they crossed Vladimir Putin, uh, you know, they, so, so these days are not over. But, I mean, for us today, we need to look at the, you know, are you a constructionist or are you a, um, uh, you know, it, it is a living document mm-hmm. here, to quote the Supreme Court, and, and, and frankly, um, of the, it's a living document.
1: All of us in this room are. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this room is.
2: Did this ever happen? Was anybody we in don't Jewish know. history ever killed? We don't know. Because they desecrated Shabbat?
1: We absolutely do not know.
2: But it's not something that happened all the time.
1: I can't imagine that it of, was. This is one of
2: those lines that people never quote, you know, people pull lines out of context. In, in Torah and the Bible and say, well, it says you shouldn't blah, blah, but they pulled this one
1: out. They pulled this out when they want to show the vengeful, angry, which is why I got so defensive of it, um, the vengeful, angry God of the Old Testament. Mm. When it is supersessionist, people who are looking at this, they do pull this and other lines like this out, saying Jesus came and changed all of this. Now it's the gospel of love, not the vengeful, angry hateful jealous god of the old testament. So they that's one same of the thing reasons with the Quran. Huh?
4: They do the same thing with the Quran.
1: Pull things out like that to support Right. So I just want to so I always want to be clear so that when we hear that somewhere else we can say stop. It was considered treason. This is not about God. This is about the people's understanding of what laws were so important that they were considered treasonous if it's the word of the king, you you are you are you are committing a crime against the state of the highest order if you break. And so I just want us to be able to walk out of here and articulate that whenever we hear, right? Because even you went there. Because even we go there if we're not educated about, like, their context. It was 3,000 years ago, yes, and, so we need to understand what that meant. 3,000 years ago, ancient Near East, what does that mean, Mary?
5: Well, I'm going back to what you said in terms of your consciousness raising in this other group when they said, well, shouldn't we incorporate you know, these laws in our political state? And I mean, we're living in a time you know, where this is a country of Christian majority and where the values, as you said, all these people who said it's against my religion, and yet we do not see the incorporation of any religious fundamental principles like welcoming the stranger. At, at this time in our lives, I mean, the, the level of hypocrisy between religious values and practice is is just—it's mind-boggling every day. No. So that's just what that touch point did for me. Mm-hmm. Well, what the
2: about,
1: animal. Political animals. It should be coming out on Netflix or something. It was, it was very, very well done. It was there's, very good.
2: There's a commentary in this book that quotes one commentator that it doesn't identify as saying that the death here is the death of the second soul. The Nishamayatera that we get right, on Shabbat. Right. That, that on Shabbat, people have a second, we're supposed to have a second soul, and that when you violate Shabbat, basically what you're doing is you're killing
1: Bet soul. me it's Hirsch. Bet me money it's Hirsch. All right, um, because that's very Hirschian.
4: There's
2: another (laughs) distinction I think Um, (laughs) of Jewish
4: law particularly being that of responsibility. And we're responsible to observe things because it's for the greater good of the culture and of the Jewish world. American law and British common law are more right-oriented, your rights, not your responsibilities. And that makes a distinct difference in how you approach religion. If it's your rights, I have a right to say you can't have an abortion or you can't take birth control or, or whatever else. But in Judaism, it's what your responsibility is to the greater.
1: It, it's both, right? It's both in Judaism. There are rights too, but it's it's principle I think is responsibility. And and, and again, I'll say I, f- I feel like it's both. And if we had a balanced approach, mm-hmm. things would look very different. Right, but but, even but in. No, but you're stoned. God forbid. God forbid. Yeah, yeah. But, but not by the God. right? Right. And, and to be clear, t- to your earlier example, murder is not okay. It's not accepted, and it would be punished the same way as anything else. I don't care who does it. If it's a religious fanatic who does it, you're, it's murder. It's, it's not so considered murder. in any way forgivable at all. So it's murder. How do
4: they get to that point that it's murder is murder, even if you're it's because
1: you're, it's a it's the civil courts. The civil court in Israel decides what the guidelines are for murder. So are, they don't there look a at Torah. separate
5: court for the religious court
1: and the, yes. and the civil yes. court? Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. Yes, yeah, the Knesset is is civil law. So if somebody yeah, is stoned Rome, by the certainly. ultra-Orthodox, they go to the civil court I see. to sue for whatever, damages or to shut them down or whatever. It's not a religious court. Now, you could choose to go to the religious court and fight in the religious court, but not if you're a woman because you can't testify.
4: Right.
1: Even if it's you that it happened to. You you can't you have no standing. You have to tell it to a man who then tells them. So yeah. All right. All right. We're moving on. <laughs> Why oh, I'm not moving on. I just want to go back to um, there's a there's many commentaries that suggest why so. Obviously, the people have to be together for Moshe to address them, to tell them what's happening. But but for the spiritual commentators, of course, every word of Torah is important. There's meaning in every single word. And it says, because that is what was required before the people could get the instruction to build the Mishkan, which was to seal the deal. Right. God moved out. Now God says, "Okay, build me an apartment. (laughs) Right. That I can live with you and I'm going to come back. Right. So they're about to get the the layout, the blueprint for the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that can happen, says all of our commentators, moshe, Israel. moshe had to make of the people a kahal, a congregation. We are kehilat Yisrael. This is the verb. He congregated them. Right. So he don't think just convoked. Right. Use that verb more existentially. He he did stuff to make them become a kahal, and it was only then that God could give them the instructions. Right? We we can't achieve building a place for God to dwell unless we are a kahal, unless we come together as a kehila, as a congregation, which I find super powerful. Right? It's obviously <laughs> look at my job. Um, so so that's our that's our job. Right? Is to figure out how we how, how do we do that how, how do we constantly consistently every day make sure we are kahi, kahilaing <laughs> right and that's that that's that's the work of at israel right this, we have to be ing all the time
5: by doing exactly what we're
1: doing now. By doing what we're doing now. That is certainly one of my favorite answers. We should get together and study a little Torah. <laughs> all right. So then we get all these details starting at verse 5 all the way through, as Bert read so eloquently, through verse 19. Because Kahilaing is all about the details. We don't love it. But it's all about who's ordering the carpet, right? And have we checked with how many vendors and who gets a say in what color the carpet is? And do we really need to replace it? We have other things we need to be spending that money on, like that leak in the wall in the ECC. And by the way, who's checked on that recently? Is there any mold? So it's not attractive. The list Burt Red did not have us riveted. We're like, get, get to the, okay, read, 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 get to the good part. Get get to the action, right? But really, the work of being a kihila the is the details. It's in here's what we need, and here's how much, and here's why because we're gonna have to make poles, and then and then thingies, the sockets, and then the rings, and then the things that connect. Right? It's all about the connectors. It
6: is. People ask me why you have to pay to join a synagogue. It kind of connects in, and I try to say, you know, because there's a building, and there's people, and there's things, and there's attorney, and maybe you don't have that at your church or, you know, whatever, and so it sounds like it's kind of that same thing. It's all the pieces have to come together. It's all the things. Like I they are here, <laughs> all the thingies that nobody sees if you come to a service. They're not in front of you. The carpet's there. There's nobody here.
1: That's right, and we 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 all participate, right? It is very. It says the whole community of Israel. We're going to look at a teaching, maybe if we get if we get there before tomorrow afternoon. Um, <laughs> that says you notice how many times it says all. All the people, convoked all the people, says to the whole community of Israel, right? And then we're going to, verse 20 that we're going to get to in a second. So the whole community of Israel left Moshe's presence over and over and over again. It's the whole community, everybody, all, coal, the whole, everybody. Why? Because everyone has to pay dues. Because if you don't, according to your ability, if you don't, is it really yours? Because for us, we believe it is the people's synagogue. This isn't my synagogue. This isn't the board's synagogue. This is your synagogue, and we have a, we have always had a very high value starting here that it's everybody who participates in in making it happen to whatever level they can, right? It's
6: kind of skin
1: in the game. Argument. That's exactly right. That's ex- that's ex- 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 right. you have to have dolphin skin in the game. <laughs>
6: Maybe it was off the topic, but not really.
1: All right, come on. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Can I ask a question about verse 2? Yeah.
2: It says that uh, on six days, work may be done in general. The Ten Commandments say your work. On six days a week, you shall do your work. Mm-hmm. Is that a difference without a distinction, or a distinction without a difference? I
1: mean, I don't. If there is, I don't know what it is. But because I've it, always
2: been struck the idea that people do have work that they have to do.
1: Sheishat yamin ta lacha. For six what days, will you, you do ha. work? So right. So I don't know if there's a big difference between work and your work. Okay. Um, Go on. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: all right. So verse 20. So the whole community of the Israelites left Moses' presence. And everyone who excelled in ability and everyone whose spirit moved him came, bringing to the Lord his offering for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the sacral vestments. Men and women, all whose hearts moved them, all who would make an elevation offering of gold to the Lord, came bringing brooches, earrings, rings, and pendants, gold objects of all kinds. And everyone who had in his possession blue, purple, and crimson yarns, fine linen, Goat's hair, tanned ram skins, and dolphin skins brought them. Everyone who would make gifts of silver or copper brought them as gifts for the Lord, and everyone who had in his possession a casey wood for any work of the service brought that. And all the skilled women spun with their own hands and brought what they had spun in blue, purple, and crimson yarns and in fine linen. And all the women who excelled in that skill spun the goat's hair. And the chieftains brought lapis lazuli and other stones for setting, for the epithet and for the breastpiece, and spices and oil for lighting, for the anointing oil and for the aromatic incense. Thus the Israelites, all the men and women whose hearts moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord through Moses had commanded to be done... Brought it as a free will offering to the Lord.
1: All right. So throughout that whole paragraph, what's the thing we hear over and over oh, and over? Everybody, everybody. All, men and women. all those who are, right? And we, we looked at this language a few weeks ago, right? That that has that in their spirit or in their heart, right? Who are, you know, Ruach chokhmah, right? Who are, who are talented in that and, and whose hearts move them. So all, 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 all again. And whose hearts move them this is not forced labor why is that important because,
5: because why
1: is that important more 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 give me more
5: more why is it important
1: they used to be slaves they were just slaves so it's a Choice. this could feel really similar Right, you will sit. If you know how to spin, you're going to be spinning for 12 hours a day. Right, it can feel very much like, what's the difference between this and Egypt? We're, we're brought out of Egypt to go to another building project. Thank you. We we had one of those. Right, we didn't love it. Um, right, it is super important that every verse about this work says, Kol Nadiv Lave, Everyone whose heart is willing, who's voluntary. It's Nadiv is is voluntary gift, right? Offered. There's a lot of kids named Nadiv in Israel, right? So, um, Nadiv, Leib, that you are, your heart is moved to do it. We might say in English, right? And that is critical about the Mishkan. People brought their stuff. No one went through their houses and said, "Oh, I know, I saw some lapis in here," <laughs> right? Right? They they brought. It was their own offering that they brought and their own skill that they offered and it was all because their hearts moved so them. That is critical. Free will, hmm? free, will offering. free will offering that was critical that the work of the Mishkan is not slave labor. Everyone has to participate in terms of the half shekel, the tax, everyone had to give half a shekel. Um, but beyond that it's all voluntary. It's an and this translates
5: for volunteering
2: for temple.
1: Yes, 100%. So just think about that. <laughs> and this
2: translates in the modern sense that prayer, which is a substitute many, many times over for this, has to be of the heart. That it's not just going through the motions, that it's not because. Oh, you have to now do
1: you're it. starting a whole nother conversation because there are plenty of commentators who would say as long as each word comes out of your mouth so that your ear can hear it, you are yotze. Right. You and have are, done your duty.
2: Understood. But there are others. Correct. Always. Prophets, who, some. Some. Who would say that it is service of the heart, and if your heart's not in it, that it's not complete. Correct.
3: This, this sort of reminds me of our old synagogue building that was right on this spot. <laughs> A good portion of it was built
5: by the hands of the congregation.
7: Right. And I, I think that mm-hmm.
5: was part of the reason why they did it. But I mean, there, obviously there are other reasons. But it was the love of the people who were forming this congregation.
1: To to participate in actually building it.
5: And the passion that you feel when you work together and see something rise and reflect your labor, and that you can live in it and do wonderful things in it, is, I mean, the the psychology behind it is just
1: it's solid even though it's 3000 years ago it is solid because we don't change all that much do we right so that and that was one of the first questions you people ask why does god need a home if god is everywhere because god knows that we need a communal building project god knows that we like to participate together in something and watch it rise and then be the central way place means by which we connect to that which is greater so god our character God figured that out alright so uh, we are uh, I want to look at verse 30 and Moses said to the Israelites see Adonai is singled out by name Bitzal El son of Uri son of Hur of the tribe of Judah God has endowed him with the divine spirit of skill, ability, and knowledge in every kind of craft, and has inspired him to make designs for work in gold, silver, and copper, to cut stones for setting and to carve wood, to work in every kind of designer's craft, and to give directions. So he's going to be the chief architect of this whole business. He and a holy son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, have been endowed with the skill to do any work of the carver, the designer, embroiderer, in blue and purple crimson and yards, fine linen, and the weaver, blah, 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 blah. Let them El and Aholiab and all the skilled persons whom God has endowed with skill and ability to perform. Um, right? Let, let them carry it out. So Moses calls to El and Aholiab and every skilled person that God has endowed with the skill, everyone who in endowed with ability, and they took from Moshe all the gifts, right? So now they're going to go do it and what does moshe say in verse 5 the
7: people are bringing more
1: than <laughs> is needed the artisan said to moshe the people are bringing more than is needed for the tasks and moshe says let no man or woman make further effort towards gifts for the sanctuary stop <laughs> It's we too much. We had to do that here. The Always last, done. first and last time in Jewish history, right, that leadership said, Stop! You're bringing too much. We had to do that here. Not with money. Not on my watch. Not with money, but with things.
7: <laughs> what happened to the gold from the Golden Calf?
1: It got uh, melted down yeah. into ash. And then put into water, and the people had to drink it. Wow. Really? Yeah. It's so funny what parts of the story we remember and which parts <laughs> we forget, right? Do we remember how the Purim story ends, right? So um, with the massacre. So, uh, so they they drank it. That was their punishment. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you, you want that calf? No problem. You got it. You got it. Right? It's kind of like the quail. You start whining about meat, no problem. You're gonna eat it until it comes out your nose," says the tech. Right? So it's one of those pretty direct. You wanted the cap, you got it. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> careful yeah. what you wish for. Careful what you make. Careful what you attach. Right, you know all your sense of what's important to because right. that's that's what's gonna fill you. For real <laughs>
2: literally so is the commentary here focused on the fact that the, the people were like so loving of God they brought too much
1: yes the the business is that there was so much that it was overwhelming right the people were so generous and so into this project um, that that Moshe had to say enough is that top one Did it it come thank you from? Right. huh Did it come from? Did they you they know? took it from the egyptians when they left ah um God made the Egyptians favorable towards the Israelites that they would give them gifts of gold on their parting. Yeah. So however you want to interpret that in terms of <laughs> mythically what happened exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: an offer they couldn't refuse to make <laughs> right They made an offer they couldn't refuse to make at that point. So uh, we're handing out a packet.
7: Three
1: pages. Yes. Three. Three pages. I'm going to be looking at the top page of that packet with you in a minute. But first, look at verse 30. First verse one of chapter 37. Because then that's going to make make this make sense. Verse one, chapter 37. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long and blah blah blah, overlaid it with pure gold. He did everything he was supposed to about it. Then at verse uh so we see verse 10 he makes the table of acacia wood, 17 he makes the lampstand, right? He makes the incense later. Then we're going to get him building the the actual structure, right? So it's a very interesting little tiny thing that it says he starts with the ark. Okay. So he's, that's, where he, that's where he chooses to start. Who cares? Well, if you go to Brachot, if you go to the Talmud, Brachot, the rabbis care. They care a lot about this. So let's go to the Talmud. Amar Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachmani, Amar Rabbi Yonatan. So in Jewish tradition, you never teach except in the name of the person who taught it to you. Or, you know, the person who it's attributed to. If you don't know who it's attributed to, you teach it what we call beshem Omro, in the name of the person who said it. So I say, Lisa Simon once said to me, mm-hmm. right, and I learned a lot from that. And I engage, right, the teachers. So you you always attribute what you say because most of what we come up with is not original. <laughs> most of what we have to say we we heard from somebody, and in our tradition, to do so to say something without attributing it is considered stealing.
4: Yes.
1: So always in Talmud you will see Amar Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachmani, right? Because you, you have to attribute it. Amar Rabbi Yonatan. So it's attributed to Reb Shmuel who says he learned it from Reb Yonatan. So we have two generations of teachers here, right? And so that's why you always see this even in your Haggadah. You know, Rabbi so-and-so says, Rabbi so-and-so, right, because you're always attributing your argument to the person who made
4: even, it. Even our, when you say a blessing over the Torah, you attribute who you are to your parents. You always announce the parents' name as well. Oh, as part,
1: as part of our name. Right. That, yes. That's how right. we define ourselves. Our so. right. it's, it's not the bracha, but, it's, yeah, but it's, our, it's our name. Okay, so Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani said, right, that Rabbi Yonatan said, Bitzalel, Al Koshem So that Bitzalel is called B'tzalel because of his wisdom. Right? That's why he's Nikra Bitzalel. He's called Bitza'el. Bishaashia in Amarlo Akadash Le Moshe, in the moment that God, the c Baruch Hu, in rabbinical school we called it the Kbh. Um, <laughs> the Kbh says to Moshe, go. Amarlo, libbetal el. Go and say to betal el, Asali mishkan aron ukalim. God says to Moshe, Go to betal el and say, Make for me, meaning God, make for me what? Mishkan Aron, the A mishkan, an ark, and kalim. Utensils. That, whatever. Halach Moshe. Moshe went. Vahafach and flipped it around the amarlo and said to him meaning to bitsel el asa aron U umishkan with what we just read make an ark utensils and a mishkan how, how why? why and how could that be and what does that mean oh my god that's a problem right <laughs> amarlo moshe rabenu uh, and so moshe Oh, no, who says to who? Amarlo, Moshe Rabbeinu. So he said to Moshe, Moshe Rabenu, Moshe, our teacher, Min olam, Adam bone bayit. It is the way of people for eternity in this world that you build bayit. Okay. You build a house. Okay. And afterwards, you bring into it vessels or furniture or, you know, utensils. But you, Omer, but you said to me, make me an ark and vessels and a mishkan. Right? That that I should do. (laughs) Right? So, but like, if I don't have a place to bring them in, what does it make sense to make all these other things? Right? Meaning, every architect knows you build a house first. You build the sofa first. So he respectfully asks Moshe the way so what could Moshe what it, just think about our day and age. What what would we expect the response to be? Oh come on. What was the question? <laughs> the architect goes to Moshe and says you told me make an ark and vessels and a mishkan but everybody knows you build the mishkan first and then you make everything else what, what could Moshe's response be well,
6: I think you are that important that we have to place you first we have
7: to build the ark first as
6: because <laughs>
1: that is not what most people would say. <laughs> I completely disagree.
7: <laughs>
1: do it. Do what I told you to do. Who's the prophet here? I'm, I'm the one who's up on a mountain talking to God. Just saying, why don't you do your job? I'm doing mine. All right. I'm repeating to you what I got told. Why don't you just do what I tell you to do and build the flipping Mishkan, right? So who are you to tell me, right? What really, really. Really? Yeah. So, but what I love about this teaching is, what what does it say? So instead, Moshe's answer is, you know, uh, is it chopped off? Oh, you know, here it is. Amarlo, Moshe says to him, um, Shema, perhaps, Bitzel el hayita v'yadata, perhaps. In the shadow of God were you, and you knew. You understood. What, so what is Moshe's answer? You,
7: you must know. You must
2: have. Right. Right. was right. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, you're
1: right. B'zalel, your name is Betzalel, because obviously you are in the shadow of God and understood something that that I, I didn't understand. I'm, I might have made a mistake, or you understand it differently because you truly dwell... In the shadow of the divine. You have your own gifts and your own unders, right? And this is not our typical answer to things. But in the Talmud, they, they make this fight, not fight, they, they, all we have is the make an ark, a thing, and a thing, and the mishkan. Like, stop, we're done, right? Let's move on to next verse. Not the rabbis. They take this as a way for B'tzalel to challenge Moshe to say, that makes no sense. So that they can have Moshe answer, perhaps you dwell within the shadow of God and therefore see things or understand things that I don't and I can't. I think it's remarkable as a teaching about what it means to truly be able to honor that other people see things or understand things really differently from us and it doesn't make them wrong and it doesn't make us wrong. Moshe doesn't say, oh I misunderstood. He, he acknowledges that Betzalel understands something differently than he does.
5: Understands creativity.
1: Understands creativity. Yes. Huh? I'm sorry, creativity and what? Honors and,
6: honors. and
1: honors. And honors it and honors that that's not his gift. And it makes Moshe more, more human too. And it, it makes him possibly fallible. Yes, I think
7: it shows that leadership includes humility. Right.
1: I think it's a really important point that the rabbis are trying to make over and over again, particularly in the context of Moshe, is that humility is what makes a leader great. It isn't necessarily even that he has access to God, and can bring down God's word. Right. That that doesn't make him great. What makes him great is that even with that. He is humble. Even with direct access to the divine, he honors that somebody else has experience or knowledge or gifts that he, that he doesn't have and so can understand the word of God differently, which makes it just as right as I who heard it directly from the mouth of God. That, that to me, is a brilliant piece of this piece of Talmud. Oh. I, I was just
0: going to say that all days you to bring this up, uh, <laughs> you watching know, a, a live sports event? Um, uh, it, there's something in here. It,
1: how do we send a
4: copy
1: of this? I think that's why it struck me as so <laughs> instructive, right? It's like Because it's so not how we respond these days, right? It's We just don't have the capacity right now to say, Okay, I don't understand it that way. You clearly do. So let's talk about how do we get to a place where we can all agree on at least some basics. (laughs) like that everyone deserves health care. I don't know, something crazy like that. Like that (laughs) children should be. There's no evidence that feeding children in school ups their performance. Okay, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to say I'm not going to react. But I am going to ask the question, I get it that you need to see results before you fund something. Could we possibly get to a place where we agree that hungry children should be fed? Could we maybe get there? All right, so uh, you've got this also, the, the second part of your packet.
5: That's also a good example of how community could possibly work together to get come to a uh, solution on an issue.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
6: And as a leader, when you do something like this, it shows that you're a reasonable person. It makes you even better, a better person, when you can show that you can do something
1: like this. That you can say, okay, I, I didn't understand it that way, but clear, you're the artisan, you're the architect. Okay, got it. Let's do that. You know better than I how to get this done, right? right. All right. All right well,
5: um, I just wanted to say in the very beginning of all this business, what this gentleman was referring to just now, you said we have, I think you said sort of quote, uh, that we have got to find some way of finding some good in what's going on with the other side of that we can...
1: To find the common good.
5: common good, okay. So the Democrats are
7: getting together this Sunday,
1: uh, to, and the title of the program is, What Can We Do? So I said to Bert, a very good friend of mine, um, well, we've
3: got to find some way. <laughs> I guess that's what she said
5: to
1: me. You will find some way. You know, I'm, I'm, done, of I'm you done, right? You
3: find a way. I'm done with them. Right, exactly. It, it's where we are. It's not going to be easy and- at all,
1: at all, at all. So if you go to the teaching from Rabbi, Rabbi Rachel Goldenberg from the Institute for Jewish Spirituality, we get we get her lifting up, right? So that's that's why I brought it to your attention because I'll do it, I'll teach Bashem Umrah. and the name of the person who said it is Rachel Goldenberg, who says, right? Notice the kol, "all whole," right? That second paragraph of her teaching, "all" it gets repeated over and over and over again. And then we get down to verses 13 and 18 of chapter 36, and they made 50 gold clasps and coupled the units to one another with the clasps so that the tabernacle became one whole. Hamishkan echad became one. Then verse 18 says the same thing again, right? And they made all this stuff haohel liot echad in order to hold together the ohel, the tent, liyot echad for it to be one. So in chapter 37, she tells us that the, we get all of these um, uh, details of what they're supposed to create. The spirit, go to page two, the spirit of this project seems to be about pulling the people together as a whole in order to, her, in order to build one unified space that itself visually communicates wholeness and oneness. Is it so hot in here? No. 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 Okay.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, no worries. No worries. The teaching is on fire. It's on fire.
4: <laughs> but we all have, most of us in here have felt
1: that kind of yeah. That yeah. feeling. Layering is your friend. Yeah, drop down to, but lest you think we're finished yet. So all of it's going to be a whole, right? But lest you think we're finished, we have 10 more verses. Again, listing all the parts and pieces of the structure as the Israelites bring them to Moshe. So we get all the descriptions of everything they're supposed to bring. Then so that the ohel can be echad. So it all can be echad. And that's where it should end, says this commentary, right? Duh. I mean, in a good way. Ta-da! It's one. Except... Then we get a bunch of verses about, and the people brought blue and crimson yarn, and the people brought lapis lazuli, and the people brought so, and, the, and now we get the whole list again as the people bring it. Why? <laughs> just in case you missed it. Um, she's last week. Right. So she she dropped down to that last paragraph on page two. These, as the good doctor just suggested, these past few weeks, I imagine many of us have either been attending or watching video footage of town hall meetings that public officials are holding. Right. So go to CNN, call it, call it whatever place you want to that she's uh, directing us to. At a certain point, all the way down the end of that paragraph, at a certain point, constituents begin to yell, you work for us. I heard the same phrase, you work for us, on a video of another town hall taking place in Texas. The Congress member had told a constituent who was pressing him to answer a question to shut up. Right? Completely Mm -hmm. antithetical to this teaching that we just had. And so she says this is troubling, right, to see people trying to shut each other down. And she says it reassures her the citizens are not standing for that. Page three, you should have a highlighted paragraph, yes? Did it highlight on the copier? No, No, it did not. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I never know. This statement, you work for us is a reminder that we are all part of one whole American people and that our legislators are supposed to represent us as an extension of our body politic. We are all hammered out of the same gold that forms the cover with its cruvim on the ark or the branches with their cups and calyxes on the menorah. We are all pieces of fabric linked by the clasps of our representational form of government and we are therefore accountable to each other. So this is where she's going. We're accountable to each other. Citizens don't feel whole in how we participate pay, or feel that our contributions uh, or anything counts until we've heard the report and seen the accounting from our representatives. Our democracy only serves us when those elected officials are transparent about their intentions, their stances on the issues we care about. They are but an extension of this larger us. So, what, what is she arguing? That whole next list is for the
6: audit.
1: The audit. It's for the
6: poor people like me that done my whole life. Where somebody wants to say, where did the money go? We just We brought
1: all this stuff. You know, you said we needed to bring all this stuff.
6: stuff And there's the person that wants the accounting.
1: They want the audit. They want the accounting because that's what makes it transparent. Because then we know that That it's being accounted for properly.
6: That's why K.I. sends it out once a year and most people throw it away and a handful of people. Look
1: mm-hmm. And some, some of y'all pour over the details. <laughs>
6: I feel now. I know somebody looked at it.
1: And that's
4: why we have accountants.
1: That, and that's why we have audits. Yes. We do that. That's why we have audits. Right? Because it's your money. It's your synagogue. It should be completely transparent.
0: <laughs> I do some teaching uh, in the medical school. And one of the things that Try to teach the junior people as they're going up and moving up. Is that leadership um, does not from the top down, but leadership works. um, uh, Successful leadership works for the individuals who are um, you're supposed to be. Sometimes it feels like you're herding cats or whatever. But the bottom line is, uh, you have many as a leader, you have many mouths to feed as opposed to the top-down um, uh, sort of uh, concept that we have in today's government, where uh, I'm the leader and I'm telling you what you're going to have and it's going to be wonderful. Um, it, it, it's a critically <laughs> important point of leadership that all few people get, but it's not like
1: that. Right. At, at, or top. That top doesn't mean the power to then control what happens down, right? That it, it's a responsibility That's down. True. The top down is, yeah. is responsibility for. And and it's a, a very important point. So let's, let's go to this other paragraph, the Israelites. The Israelites could have decided to simply bring their contributions to the building of the Mishkan and to trust that it would be used appropriately. Given that this was holy work, they might have made that assumption. However, it seems that someone spoke up and asked for an audit. Or, or that Moses felt an inner motivation to do so. The Torah is therefore teaching us that for our pursuits to truly serve God or to serve a greater purpose, we need to be transparent in our dealings with each other. So it's it's partly about the building project and about making sure everything's accounted for. The other thing that she's suggesting, I think, is it it's about our relationships to each other. If you're not transparent with what you're responsible for, right, then it, it It clouds the relationship. It puts a, there's a blockage in the artery. Stuff is not going to flow between us if I can't trust that you're accountable, that you get it, that you're accountable to me, that you feel like you should be, that I feel like I can ask for that and vice versa, right? And, and that there's a blockage placed in the relationship between people if we're not accountable to each other. If I say, I get to vote how I want. As a senator, or I get to vote however I want, and I don't need to listen to my constituents. Right? We are accountable
2: to each other. And also, there's, there's a sense that Bates L couldn't use this stuff for his own. Hundred percent. That everything that everybody brought—they're they're bringing their gold, and they're bringing their stones, and they're bringing everything.
1: And this is what he that, made out of
2: it. That right? That they need to know that that wasn't used. He didn't just take it and you know go to Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> Absolutely right. In this spirit, I'll close with this. I just think this is beautiful. In this spirit, the commentator N. Block comments on the verse about how the aphod, which represents the priest's accountability to God, and the breast piece, which represents the priest's accountability to the people, cannot come loose from each other. Another detail of one of these lists and the aphod shall be attached to the breast piece that we read right over that our tradition continues to unpack as a living tradition Uh, it unpacks it and says what that means is not just they shouldn't they, they have to be hooked together it means they should never be separate his responsibility as priest his accountability to God and his accountability to the people that they are interwoven he cannot serve God without serving the people and if he's only serving the people you know for to be powerful to be the chief to be whatever that's not going to work he he has to be serving the people in order to be accountable to God that those that that's the whole idea of this Mishkan project is about us you know taking and the priests taking their responsibility for serving the people and the people helping to serve the priests, like with every sacrifice they bring, they feed the priests. We're serving each other. We hold each other accountable so that we can all be in relationship, right, in right relationship to that which is greater than all of us, which this whole project, humanity, the whole project of life on this planet, is about. If you ask some of us, what are we here for? What's the meaning? To to be accountable to each other so that we can serve and and pull through our service to each other, that which is greater than all of us. And release your taxes. And, and, <laughs> and be ready to release your taxes.
7: I'm sitting here and my head is spinning off. It. And I must make a pitch for the older Americans Act funding. This is talking about the funding meals on meals and the funding legal services for the poor, the funding case management, the funding congregate meals, all all of those safety net services that since the ninth since the Great Society in nineteen sixty four
5: have been in place, and it's now
7: on the Chopping national
3: block. agenda
4: that
7: these services are useless. And so when you talk about feeding children, I'm talking about sure. feeding elderly people. Sure. Star. Star, God, And other services. So I uh, put that out on the table, and when articles come out, it's just—it's not about Social Security, it's not about Medicare, it's not about Medicaid, it's just about other
1: things it's just that it's now
3: and to get Thank you, Pam. I, I wanted to go back to just when everybody's built, uh, bringing their their gifts. Um, some people are bringing gold and some people are bringing silver and copper and fabrics and their um, uh, abilities as craftspeople. And I think there's a big metaphor in there for, you know, that maybe we feel, unless we have gold, you know, copper, or, you know, I'm really going to bring copper. But in, in the building of the Mishkan, yes, the Ark. Was covered in gold, but then the so- the silver sockets, you know, created a space for the mishkan, and the, the labor uh, out of copper. We we couldn't have a mishkan without these different uh, materials, and we so we could not have it. So that I think in in our own maybe we think oh we're elderly and what can we do? or we're you know we don't have money. We have gifts that we each need to give whatever that is to build our mishkan right here at Kiki Israel you know? yeah
1: amen, amen sister amen um, we'll close with the words of the poet Ruth Bryn they build the tabernacle to devotion God set no limits and to dedication of the spirit God set no bounds but great quantities of tribute God did not demand, and the people were restrained from bringing too much gold for the tabernacle. Though the temples of Solomon and Herod were far more costly, it is written that the divine presence was found more constantly in the humbler structure. To dedicate the spirit to God is more difficult than to give money. To devote the whole heart to the Lord is more difficult than bringing gifts. Not because of the gold on the walls does the light of the sanctuary shine forth, but because of the spirit within. Those who worship carry away with them more than they bring, for they find there the light to illumine their lives. So may it be when we study, when we pray, may we take uh, more than we bring. May it illumine this study and every study illumine our lives. Shabbat Shalom.